I'm Major Robinson. Leslie Messer. Mike Halligan. Joel Rosette. Mary Stranahan. Marcy McLean in Billings, Montana. In, in Helena, Montana. Box Elder, Montana. Rocky Boys Indian Reservation. Sydney, Montana. From Arlie, Montana. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening to. And you are listening to Listen First. Listen First. You are listening to the podcast Listen First Montana. Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. You know, we tend to think about the purpose or the vision of Leadership Montana being for the public good. And it affected people in a lot of different ways. And I think we learned very early that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different for everybody. For some people, it may make you, it may inspire you to run for public office. For others, it may make you a better boss, it may make you a better father or a better, better spouse. And I don't think we can underestimate how people are being moved by Leadership Montana. Welcome to Listen First Montana, a podcast of Leadership Montana. I'm Eric Halverson. This year marks the 20-year anniversary of the founding of Leadership Montana. To celebrate, we're bringing you a special episode with stories about the founding of this organization told by guests of this show who were a part of that process. We'll start out with Bruce Wittenberg, the first CEO of Leadership Montana, who talks about the original vision for the program, how it has grown and changed since the early 2000s, and much more. Next, we'll hear stories from Deb Vanderberg about her experience on the original organizing committee of Leadership Montana and how she went to bat for rural communities like her beloved hometown of Haver. Next, we'll hear from Mike Halligan, longtime Montana politician and a member of the first class of Leadership Montana, which graduated in 2005. Mike shares what Tom Scott saw in the Montana State Legislature that sparked his desire to create a strong leadership training program in Montana, and what Tom and other founders of Leadership Montana envisioned this program could do for our state. And finally, we'll hear from Dr. Jerry Evans about his experience in those first meetings to create Leadership Montana and what he saw 20 years later that made him feel that Leadership Montana was executing on the vision laid out by Tom Scott and the founders, and that his 20 years of service to this organization was time well spent. One last important note before we jump in. Each of the five leaders you'll hear from today, Bruce Wittenberg, Deb Vandenberg, Mike Halligan, Jerry Evans, and Chantel Schieffer, have their own episode of Listen First Montana. To learn more about these key figures in Leadership Montana's 20-year history, check out their full episodes right here on Listen First Montana. To start out, let's tune in to Bruce Wittenberg speaking with Chantel Schieffer in an interview recorded in January of 2022. Hello, this is Chantel Schieffer with Listen First Montana, and we are here today in Helena with Bruce Wittenberg. In this conversation, I have been so anxious to have with Bruce on mic to capture for all of history 
Bruce is one of those leaders who really needs no introduction. He has been a part of Montana's fabric from journalism to the first director of Leadership Montana and most recently as the director of the Montana Historical Society. So we are here to dig in with Bruce on all things leadership, history, Leadership Montana, and what it means to be a Montanan. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you, Chantel. It's great to be here, and I'm honored. I'm so excited to have this conversation. First, I have to tell you, I have to tell you a story that I don't know if I've ever told you this before. When I was in my Leadership Montana experience, 2009 in Big Sky, I graduated class of 2010, but that very first experience in Big Sky, I was um, super duper late um, and ended up in a table at the very front of the room because I was late. And I, you know, didn't take long for me to kind of just look up to you and say, wow, that guy has got the best job in Montana. What an incredible experience to lead leaders through their leadership journey. And um, I have since that day just had this admiration for you that is so deep and so um, full of gratitude for what you have been a part of, the creation of Leadership Montana. When we talked on the phone just the other day, I mentioned to you that, you know, of course, we're getting ready to celebrate 20 years since the founding of Leadership Montana. We were founded in 2003. I know, right? (laughs) Take us back to to those days, 2001 to 2003, when Tom Scott and you and others started to say, something's wrong and we need to fix it. You know, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and to tell the story because I, I don't know how widely it's known what the real origins of Leadership Montana were. But if we go back to about um, 1998 or 99, uh, Senator Max Baucus had put together a group called the Economic Development Action Group. And uh, it was a group of about I think 15 folks from around the state in various positions. At the time, I was publisher of the Billings Gazette. And um, the charge was to identify the issues uh, related to economic development and economic growth in Montana and make some recommendations to Governor Martz at the time and the legislature, which would have been, the, I think, the 2003 session by the time we concluded. Tom Scott was named chairman of that group. Um, I was appointed to it. Sharon Peterson, who was my partner at Leadership Montana, ultimately uh, was also on that group. So um, uh, as you might expect from Tom, once the work was done, he sunset the committee. We did our work. This isn't something that goes on forever. <laughs> but we got together, and uh, a small group of us at, the, at First Interstate Bank, and <clears throat> Tom asked us, what, what did we learn? And the thing that was immediately clear to everybody was that we need to develop leadership skills and a leadership base for this state that we just don't have right now. Um, is, this is going to be hard to believe, but there was a lot of contention even then in the legislative sessions. Um, you know, politics were what they were. And Tom had observed the, the founding of Leadership Wyoming a couple of years prior to that and thought it was something we ought to take a look at. So um, for about six months, we kind of did volunteer duty, and we went down to Wyoming and explored around and looked at what the options might be. And uh, uh, 
decided that we could we could do that we needed to do this in montana and we could do it in montana and sharon and i happened to be in positions then where we could step forward and and make it happen and um so uh we spent a lot of time talking about what kind of what the vision was for uh for this program uh tom made a bunch of contacts raised about a hundred thousand dollars fairly quickly from prominent business people in in the in the state including many of your sponsors who are with you to this day i think all of them are all of them are um and uh, said make it happen and so um sharon and i then spent about uh well first of all we put together an organizing committee of 15 or 18 people from around the state uh, to help guide us through about a year or so of development of the program. Uh, Sharon and I learned as much as we could from other folks all around the country. Uh, there used to be an organization called the Community Leadership Association. They had a fabulous conference every year, and it was folks just like us uh, who were in leadership programs, developing leadership programs, and it exposed us to some amazing uh, very high-profile uh, people in in the field of leadership development and, and leadership skills and so forth. So uh, about a year of learning and working with an organizing committee, and with that committee, uh, we engaged with what at the time was trustee leadership development, um, some consultants out of Indianapolis who were fabulous to work with, uh, they had helped Leadership Wyoming, and they helped guide us through this process a little bit. And so with this organizing committee, we modeled what we thought would be an interesting program. We conducted sessions, and we took them around the state, just like you do with your classes. And um, after about a year or so, we said, okay, I think we got what we need. Let's go. And so we recruited the first class in 2004, and the first class graduated in May of 2005. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's I right. have those dates Got right. It. <laughs> uh, and it was, those were the guinea pigs. Those are the folks that stepped up and said, oh, yeah, I'll give this a shot. I'll make the commitment. Uh, and it was, you know, it was very interesting. I mean, you've really got it dialed in now. Um, um, and I'm, but I'm sure, I'm sure you have your little things to work through. We had some things to work through. Because when you start talking about gracious space and you just kind of come out of left field with the concept of gracious space or trustee leadership, some people go, uh, what are we doing here? <laughs> kumbaya. <no. laughs> kumbaya, yeah. And, of course, that all starts, and I'm sure it still does to this day, with the retreat. In Big Sky. In yeah. Big Sky. And, uh, you know, people walk out of there going, uh-oh, what have I gotten myself into? But one of the interesting things uh, that Sharon and I had observed over the years, it's like, um, at what point do people, does the light go on? Mm -hmm. This is cool, and this is interesting, and this is going to be good. Um, it was very late those first couple of years. But you watch that move farther and farther up to where, uh, I think I was part of eight classes. By the time we got there, it was a about the end of the retreat that mm -hmm. the light went on mm -hmm. and people would go okay this is going to be different and a stretch but it's really going to be exciting and uh, now you're in a whole you're in a whole different place now but it was interesting working through those those times and kind of coaching and listening and helping people um, 
try some new things and learn some new skills. I love the way you termed that, seeing the light go on, because that, that is something that I witness. I haven't had words to put to it until today. But when, when it starts to become, I get it. I get. I understand why we're here. I understand. It is all over the map mm-hmm. for us now. Even for me personally, I think it was like post-graduation when it when my light turned on. Um, I, I often say that I am a much better Leadership Montana alumna than I was a class member. <laughs> I remember you being very quiet for a while. And that was, a, a, first of all, it's a sign of being a good listener and a good learner. But also, uh, what what's going on here? I think it's the skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first one to admit that it took me a long time to really understand yeah. the gracious space concepts and, and all of this. I mean, I'm a true believer now, obviously. And I think you were in the governor's office at I the time. I was in the governor's yeah. office at the time. So that's a different environment it is. entirely. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So you served as the first director of Leadership Montana for, you said, eight, eight classes? I believe that's right. Yeah. yeah. I left after the class of 2011. So in those early years, you know, the the design, the first couple of years, as this group is coming together, the founding group, you know, what what, what did you hope for the future of Leadership Montana? You know, the, the thing that we, we uh, sort of the vision was that in 10 years we'd have 400 and some people around the state, and that would be enough to create a tipping point towards better leadership, towards gracious space, towards more civil discourse. And, and perhaps affect our government in that way, uh, and our businesses, and our families, and, our, and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> I would ask you where you're at 20 years later, uh, how you feel about that. Uh, but that was sort of the big overarching vision, that if we could do this for 10 years, we could make a difference in Montana. And I feel like, I feel like we did. Uh, so where do you feel at 20 years? Well, <clears throat> knocking on the door of 20 years with this year's double cohorts we're close to a thousand alumni which is is really incredible and and i hear when i ask this question to to those that have were around you know in the beginning i i hear these words tipping point like where do we get to that tipping point place and i don't know if we're there yet i feel like we're knocking on it and and i what i think what i'm trying to really lead us and focus us is to think about how do we know when we're at that tipping point, how do we know that the impacts that we hope to make are actually making a difference? You know, I think we've seen we've seen our Montana society change a lot over the last handful of years. Um, I think that you know when I think back to the founding of Leadership Montana from those you know 2001, 2003 challenging legislative sessions, I would go back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm with what we have right now, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, it's, it's for so many reasons, our society is so polarized. I think mm-hmm. social media has a big piece of that. Um, I, we're, we're just, I think, finding ways to just separate ourselves and not connect with people that we disagree with. Mm-hmm. And we even heard this yesterday in the Montana Chamber Business Days with some legislators saying, you know, it used to be that we would get together and have meals and learn about each other's families and create this congeniality. And that's, we're struggling with that mm-hmm. right now. So so that's heavy on my mind right now is how, how, how society has changed and how we as an organization need to change to meet those those expectations. Mm-hmm. But I'm 
super proud of the fact that we have almost a thousand alumni around not only Montana, but the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. and people who are, you know, just so deeply connected to this concept of gracious space and how we, how we work better together. Mm-hmm. But we still have a lot of work to do, which I guess is good because then, you know, keeps us employed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, one of the things that, that I learned was, you know, we tend to think about the purpose or the vision of Leadership Montana being for the public good. And it affected people in a lot of different ways. And and I think we learned very early that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. For some people, it may make you – it may inspire you to run for public office. For others, it may make you a better boss, it may make you a better father or a better better spouse – and I don't think we can underestimate how people are being moved by Leadership Montana. It's not just about whether you serve publicly or not, but you're changing lives That's right. every single day. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible to see that. Yeah, I, I, I do appreciate those opportunities when I get to, to see someone you know, matriculate through the class and, and watch them become more patient, more kind, more gracious, you know, better listener. I think that better listener. It, it's that individual impact that creates this mountain of societal impact mm-hmm. that is just really pretty incredible. Don't you think there's a lot of it is trust building? Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. and within a group of, of 40 people that spend the kind of intense time that, that your cohorts do, there's a lot of trust built. I mean, you could probably pluck any two people out of a class by the time you're done and they would I would trust that person with my life yeah uh, regardless of politics or background or whatever um, it's incredible to see that so I think we gotta not feel disappointed that we haven't changed the world the way we wanted to but there's there's good change happening all across Montana, every, probably every community now. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can speak to and point to, and I'm sure you can too, just different situations where collaboration is created because of connections through Leadership Montana. W- where have you seen that show up? Oh, I think you've seen it show up in the legislature. Yeah. You know, I mean, I heard one legislator say, these people that have been through Leadership Montana are different. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they do listen better, and they do trust more, and so forth. Uh, I think you've seen it in the nonprofit community. There's been a lot of uh, uh, supporting each other, you know, um, in, in some of those endeavors. And and who knows? I mean, in terms of the friendships that have been made, just personal friendships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made a ton of them. And um, I, I think everybody that participates in Leadership Montana has richer relationships because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I tell you one gracious space story? Yep. <laughs> it's about me. No. Okay, good. Yes. This was from the first <laughs> class. <clears throat> gracious space was uh, originally uh, written by Bill Grace with Patricia Hughes, who who is just one of the most amazing people, mm-hmm. as you know. But Bill, uh, we met him at the at one of the community leadership conferences and went to one of his workshops, and I invited him to come do the first class of Leadership Montana and introduce the concept of gracious space. <clears throat> well, Bill um, 
bill is kind of way out there. I mean, gracious space to the max, super soft touch, and um, I'll never forget being in the room in Missoula in the Holiday Inn when Bill was doing his workshop for the class. When what it felt like as I was sitting in the back of the room and about halfway through everybody in the class kind of looked at me like, <laughs> what in the hell is going on? <laughs> and I actually had one class member at that time come up and whisper in my ear, I don't need this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out he did. <laughs> and he got it eventually. But that's how Gracious Space started. I still get the same kind of feedback from Gracious Space. It, even we deliver it very differently um, over the last you know, several years. But it's still, it, it's even just kind of the words, Gracious Space, that kind of makes Absolutely. people feel like, oh, this is going to be squishy. And yeah. it, but it's not. It's really just you know, four very simple ways that you can work better together. Yep. Well, I, I was, when people ask me about it, I say, look at the subtitle. A Collaborative Guide to Working Better Together. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, who doesn't want that? All right, I've got a handful of lightning round questions, but before Uh that, is there anything that you want to say? Yeah, I want to say how proud I am of where Leadership Montana is and where you and your team have taken it. It's it's exceeded... I mean, when we were gutting this thing out, you know, 20 years ago, um, I mean, Sharon and I were it. We were part-time. We did everything from punch holes and papers, put together notebooks, clean up after lunches and, and everything else. And it was hard to see that it could be what it is now. Mm. But it's absolutely remarkable. And so congratulations and thank you. Thank you. To you and your team. We enjoy it. It's fun. It's hard it work. Fun, isn't you know, it? yeah. it's hard work. Yeah. It's hard when you're when you're trying to help people just kind of you know gently along their journey to being a better person. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really what we're doing here, right? Is leadership development is better people development. Absolutely. And you're met with resistance along the way. Um, that's well, that's hard. when we talked earlier about when does the light go on. Yeah. That's when it's worth it. Right. Right. When you see those things, see those, all of a sudden things start to work and things to click and. And you see these two people that are so different, you know, having a conversation or having lunch together, whatever, you can go, okay, again, yeah, it feels good again. It's working. (laughs) Yeah. Our next story is from Deb Vandenberg, who served on the original organizing committee of Leadership Montana. Here's Deb from her Listen First Montana episode recorded in January of 2022. You, Deb Vandenberg, were part of the Leadership Montana Organizing Committee. I want you to tell us about how you got involved and what it looked like in the early days. I just have to preface that that it was another amazing life experience and it was very humbling and exciting. How did I get there? Well, um, I went to Senator Max Baucus had an, a statewide economic conference. How can we make Montana better? How can we grow Montana? Um, it, it didn't have a lot of framework to it, but he brought all these people together. And that first meeting was at Eastern in Billings. And I was working at that time very closely with um, Bear Paw Development in Haver, 
and the community development person was on my chamber board. And so he said, come on, you need to come to this. So I went to the conference and I can't remember what the presentation was, but I remember it, it was at the end of it, they talked about this vision of forming a statewide leadership program that could bring all the communities of Montana together and work for the common good of the state from all industries, from all backgrounds, from rural communities to larger communities. And not a real vision of what that was going to look like, but, and if you're interested, fill out the form when you leave the room. If you're interested in serving on the organizing committee to start the chatter and development of such a program. I, I, I made the cut. I got the phone call and said, how would you like, would you, are you still interested in serving on this organizing committee for this program called Leadership Montana? I said, I'm in. And it was about the time that I had started my leadership high school program, so they were kind of dovetailing each other. So I get the invite and the big old letter, and I end up at the top of the first interstate bank building in Billings, and Tom Scott is our our leader. And all of us know Tom Scott is a legacy that we cherish. And sitting around the table were some people I knew and some people I didn't know. Um, Jerry Evans, it's still very actively involved in, in um, leadership. Um, Rolf Gorseth was there. Um, Taylor Brown was there. Um, it was, a, it was in a, a very eclectic group of people. And again, I looked around the table and I went, what am I doing here? So the process starts and we meet for a whole year, once a month. Most of the meetings were in Billings at, the, at Tom's bank building. And we started to form and develop and what this vision could look like and what this program, what would be the perfect program. And as we were developing it, we were getting to the kind of the end and saying, well, geez, we'll meet in Billings and we'll do this and we'll meet in Kalispell and we'll do this and we'll meet in Great Falls and we'll do this or whatever, Missoula. And I got kind of crabby. And I got up, and we had a Montana map out in front of us. And I said, you're missing a big part of Montana. All the space between all those towns. I said, you're, you're totally not looking at what rural Montana, small town Montana. And so I just said, you know, we got to reevaluate this. We need to make sure that at least of those six months that we're doing leadership, that they're getting some of the highlights of the challenges and the opportunities and the lifestyles of Miles City and Sydney and Glendive and Haver. And, and there was like, I was, I was really crabby about it. And so we started to develop the first year curriculum. 
And so one of the, we went to Miles City because I was selected to participate in the first class. And I was so excited about that because I got to see the fruits of the labor mm-hmm. put into motion, not just talk, but put into motion. And Bruce Wittenberg and Sharon were amazing. And, but that was probably the most memorable day was sitting there listening to the leaders of the city of Mile City talk about their town mm-hmm. and the passion that they had for their town and the, and the love and the struggles and all of that kind of stuff. And so I continued to persevere and we finally got a leadership program that came to Haver. And I think three times we've, the group has come to Haver. And it, it just is an opportunity people that have never been to Haver. I mean, I had an a, alum of my class say, why would I go to Haver? There's nothing in Haver to go to Haver for. And that really, it goes back to that, that, that kind of, those are fighting words to me. <laughs> and... The mayor of Missoula at the time had the same feeling. And I was like, that disappointed me because I would never talk about somebody's town that way. But I think that over the evolution of Leadership Montana, it it is doing what the vision was. And for to come up with a, a framework for those first few years, but now it's just, it's, it's exceeded the expectations that all of us had. Yeah. I mean, the indigenous program that's rolling out, um, the work that Chantal's doing, getting the legislature, you know, those folks together that um, we've always been, you know, Leave, that, leave the D and the R's at the door, and let's talk about how we can make Montana a state that we just want to rattle our pom-poms for. When you think about, so from 2004, organizing committee, you're selected, and so profound. You've still, you know, Deb dug up all these materials that she had from the first. <laughs> Actually, pull out that purple sheet. This is, <laughs> tell us what this is. This is from 2004. This is from 2004. This is the... In September, Leadership Montana, inaugural class, I had to write a letter to myself, but there's there's statements on here that I had to finish. And as I dug this out and was reading it, I went, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is still me. Um, and one of was, you know, from a civic level, as a leader in my community in the state of Montana, I hope the program will assist me to – help make a positive change in my community. Mm-hmm. Um, and a personal level, the involvement in Leadership Montana will assist me to grow in areas to be a better listener and a better follower. And I, I read this and went, oh my gosh. And I don't think I've deviated too much from that weird thread that developed way back then to today.
Next up in this special episode celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Leadership Montana is Mike Halligan, longtime Montana politician and graduate of the first class of Leadership Montana. Here's Mike from his Listen First Montana episode recorded in May of 2022. It was right around that 2002 to 2005 range that Tom Scott uh, got really excited about the idea or rather uh, the necessity for a program like Leadership Montana. And you were involved in that. I think you knew Tom fairly well, right? Can you yes. tell us that story about, about what y'all, what you saw, what Tom saw in your conversations yeah. with him as you decided that Leadership Montana was, was something the state needed? And it was during a legislative session in which during a caucus and there were lots of major issues that obviously that you end up debating but in this session there were some very volatile personalities that ended up uh, in a in a caucus that were then public so the media could be there that were very mean-spirited and tom scott kind of saw the way the legislature had deteriorated to the point where obscenities were used against other House or Senate members and the vitriolic nature of the relationships that had kind of developed during the session. And I think he just finally got fed up. And he said, okay. And he, he, I think he initially had looked to the leadership Wyoming example of how to build a cadre of leaders that, that at their core would have ethics as as something that just that fundamentally led them you know in into a process combined with civility and and when you put match those two then then you're going to have a process that works for everybody and so it was his vision after he went to wyoming and then i think he probably went to three or four other states to see what kind of leadership classes they had and and and, uh, and how he ever man and I got a chance to be involved, you know, in in the formation, you know, of the committee in terms of recommending some names, and then I was I participated in the committee, but I don't I cannot recall whether I was a formal member of the actual organizing committee. But anyway, I got to be in in the first leadership Montana class, and and I think the public listening to potentially this podcast. You know, I hope that you come away. If you don't remember anything else in this podcast, it's it's the vision that Tom Scott had that that when you are a public official or you're a friend of someone, you are a neighbor of someone, you are a fiduciary of the common good. You are a fiduciary of the public interest. You know, and a fiduciary has to act in the best interests of their ward or their neighbor or their friend. And he, he wanted a core of, a, of leadership training that would, that would have Republican, Democrat, Independent, whoever it might be, understand that there was such a deeper purpose for serving than because you were a Democrat or Republican or Independent, that that, that would guide you far more in your decision-making than, than any, certainly there'd be partisan battles and, and you would be conservative or liberal or somewhere in between. But in the end, in working out solutions, it was his vision that it would be that fiduciary kind of um, uh, message that you lived 
as a leader as opposed to you know, something that you just plugged in when you went to the legislature. Finally, here's Dr. Jerry Evans, member of the Leadership Montana Organizing Committee and Leadership Montana instructor for 20 years. This audio is from Jerry's Listen First Montana episode, recorded in May of 2022. I want to invite you to share a story of your choosing. It could be anything, and it could be something from the Leadership Montana classes that you've experienced, anything you want to talk about. Well, the the thing that comes to mind is uh, organizing committee for Leadership Montana. And I was there because I was on the, uh, the, the board of the Montana Chamber of Commerce Foundation. And uh, the, the folks, of lead, I think Bruce Wittenberg came to our meeting wanting to use our 501c3 as a vehicle to get this organization off the ground. And so we totally agreed with that. Webb Brown was there. And so Webb Brown and I ended up on the organizing committee. And I believe our first meeting was up in the conference room in First Interstate Bank in Billings. And there's, you know, about 30, 35 of us around the table. And it's people like, uh, you know, Carmen McSpadden and Bruce Wittenberg and Sharon Peterson were there. And of course, uh, Tom Scott and Jane Karras from Flathead Valley Community College. And I still have some emails on that original distribution list. So of course, tradition of leadership Montana, we go around, we give our two-breath introduction, and we introduce ourselves. So it starts somewhere around the middle of the table, and it comes around to me, and I'm up kind of at one end of the table. And so I say, boy, do I have this covered? Because I can say, hey, I'm Jerry Evans. I teach at the, in the College of Business at the University of Montana. And it was, you know, what's an interesting thing about you? And I said, I went to the two-room grade school at Swan Lake, Montana. Oh, interesting. So it goes on around, and then it comes to another individual that I'd never met, Ron Sextant, who was the chancellor up at MSU Billings, uh, and who then went on to serve as the chair of the Leadership Montana Board of Governors. So he stood up and said, hi, I'm Ron Sextant. I'm the chancellor up at MSU Billings, and I went to the one-room schoolhouse at Swan Lake, Montana. And I said to her, and I said, what are the odds of two people that we were, he was maybe five, six years older than me. The two-room school was almost brand new when I got there, and it used to be a one-room one school. What are the odds of two people that went to a little, tiny, podunk, rural school in Montana on 20 miles of dirt road either direction to even get to pavement, let alone civilization. And here we are both up here in the boardroom at uh, First Interstate Bank on this organizing committee for leadership Montana. You know, just absolutely amazing to me. Jerry, what are you proudest of in terms of your contribution to leadership Montana or, or leadership Montana's contribution to the state? Well, I'll let others decide what my contribution was. So last June, a year ago June, so you know, 11 months ago, we did our first annual Leadership Montana for Legislators. 
Mm-hmm. And and the Arthur M. Blank Foundation, uh, we uh, Chantel wrote a grant and they funded us. And, and we got to spend a week at uh, West Creek Ranch in, uh, you know, Paradise Valley south of Livingston. And, of course, the, the Arthur M. Blank Foundation sponsored the whole thing, food, lodging, horseback rides, and everything else. And so we invite two cohorts of legislators in, 20 in each group, uh, First group there, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday till about noon. The second group, Monday or Wednesday at noon through Friday. And these were people who a couple months earlier during the legislative session, uh, uh, I, 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 this is not true, but it will illustrate the thing. They were hating themselves, each other, very publicly in editorials and newspaper articles. I mean, there was a lot of acrimony in that legislature. And so they all came together. And I remember I was there with Chantel, and she said, well, for a long time we've been hoping for this, Jerry, so here it is. I hope it works. And we had Pat Hughes out uh, to teach Gracious Space. And when each of those cohorts were leaving, they were hugging each other, saying, oh, be sure to let me know how that works out for your grandson, you know. And, and they said, you know, we never get to do this in the legislature. We never get to see each other as people. We only see each other, you know, as someone on the other side of an issue. And I remember leaving West Creek after that week and saying, yeah, that was what the vision of Max Baucus and Judy Martz and Tom Scott and Bruce Wittenberg and others back there in 2002, 2003, when we started Leadership Montana. And to see that culminate there with that first Leadership Montana for legislators and to see how just a couple days together, learning a little bit about gracious space, fly fishing on the pond, horseback riding, trying to hit golf balls at, at, at the, on their golf course there, how, how they can start seeing each other as people. And I drove away from, from West Creek uh, that day with this sense of saying, you know what, you've spent, you put 20 years into this, uh, this is worth it. That concludes this special episode celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Leadership Montana. If you've enjoyed today's show and want to support Listen First Montana, please tell a friend about the show or share your favorite episode on social media. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Eric Halverson. We'll be back soon with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana.